Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. So I want you to focus on that. I read to you, I love Peter's epistles. He is one of the senior leaders. Uh, his all the bishopric and the pope and all of that goes back to the apostle Peter. And uh, it's important to know that he's not a learned man, not like Luke who writes St. Luke and the book of Acts. Uh, Peter is, is not learned. He was a fisherman. He didn't go through the halls of academia, but he has a strong revelation and very strong experience with God. Like Jesus said something to him, I think in Luke 5, he says, uh, can I use your boat to preach? And he saw the young preacher, ah, I guess you can use my boat. And so Jesus gets into his boat and pushes a little bit off the shore and he starts preaching, but multitudes gathered. And so say for instance, you're Peter and Jesus is preaching to the multitude offshore just a little bit. And, he's, and then he turns to Peter but he didn't ask him. His face is frowned. Launch out in the deep. You know? Whoa. You know what I'm saying? He didn't ask him, would you launch out? He asked, could he use the boat? But it was, it was a strong command. Launch out. So Peter pushes back. Whoa. Whoa. What do you mean? This young preacher now is taking authority. And uh, one time he tells Peter, he says, I know you've been fishing a lot. But if you, if you launch on the other side, if you cast your net on the other side, you'll bring back a, a major harvest, right? And Peter says, but I've been toiling all night. Nevertheless, at your word, since you're speaking with authority, I think I'll try it one more time. And I'm just here to tell you, if you do like Peter and try it one more time, you just may see a harvest come forth in your life. If you pray one more time, Instead of saying, I prayed already and nothing happened. Just try it one more time. Do it by faith. Hallelujah. Watch God turn things around for you. This is an experienced person. This is a person who made major mistakes. This is a person who denied the Lord. He denied him three times. This is the person who cut off the servant of the high priest's ear. This is the person who would speak before thinking. But he's also a powerful man of God who developed into this wonderful, wonderful man that God used to do great things. Even raised the dead. Glory to God. He's locked up in the book of Acts in prison and the church was praying for him. The Bible says an angel came and he thought he was dreaming. Unlocked the prison doors, took the shackles off of him and allowed him to walk through. He thinks he's going through a dream until he's set free in the street. He walks up to the house where they're praying, knock on the door, but they just can't believe it's him. Just like people today praying, but you don't believe God is answering the prayers. Amen. But God wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to believe him for the miraculous. I like verse 18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord. So in so much as this is the final Sunday of the year, I thought it appropriate uh, that it might be appropriate, appropriate for us to consider a few things together. I thought it would be good that we 
look at a text that comes at the end of Second Peter. Uh, these are the last words that the man wrote, not just in his, in his epistle, but his life was coming to an end. Um, probably written just shortly before his death. Um, according to tradition, we believe that he was crucified uh, in Rome, right outside of Rome. Uh, and uh, the Caesar at that time was named Nero. And you can look it up. Many martyrs, many Christians were killed under this Roman emperor. His name was Nero. Uh, Paul had his head chopped off on Nero's chopping block. And the legend tells us that when the apostle Paul was killed, that his head bounced three times because he was beheaded. Uh, his head bounced three times and each place a fountain of water came out of the earth. Um, and uh, just to let you know, everybody wants to be on stage, but <laughs> there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And those martyrs paved the way. The, the trail is a trail of blood. Not only did Jesus die, but people who loved him died. Peter here knows his life is coming to an end. Nero wants him dead and Peter was crucified outside of Rome just like Jesus nailed to a cross but when they tried to put him on a t-cross he said no no I'm not worthy to die like Jesus I want to be on an x-cross and turn me upside down he did this on his own free will just to let you know, so when I read this, you're not falling asleep or yawning. This is a man who was crucified on the next cross upside down. Thank you, Lord. Very gruesome death, and he did it willingly. Glory to God. And he writes to us to help us to focus that if you want to hear the last words, if you want a word that's going to go with you throughout the end, he says, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him, look at this, right before his death, to him be glory both now and forever. When he was a young preacher, he always talked about himself. But when he's old now and they have to lead him where he doesn't want to go. He's giving praise to God. And as we close out this year, let us say in our hearts, let's grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want every believer to pray with, pray with me as I pray this prayer uh, to get ready for this message again. I prayed the prayer to open, but I feel led to pray again. Father, we bow Again, we thank you for the sobriety in our worship together. Your word declares where there's two or three gathered together in agreement in your name. There you are in the midst of your people. We thank you that you have, that we have you. And we thank you. That you have us and you too. We have your word and. You haven't left us alone. You haven't left us without clear direction. As to how we should live our lives. And we thank you. 
We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the experience. We thank you that you are a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. We thank you for the truth that has been revealed. And thank you, God, that your believers are containing the truth revealed in scripture. It's given by the inspiration of God that it is God breathed and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in the way of righteousness that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly furnished and complete unto every good work. Bless this, your people. Without the spirit, this message, this powerful letter is empty. We thank you for your spirit that gives life unto the letter. For the letter kills the spirit gives life thank you God that our eyes and our hearing are attentive today and our hearts are open to your words inscribe it now in the hearts of your people and we ask this in Jesus name let the church say amen again 2nd Peter 2 and 18 but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I was thinking about conveying a thought uh, today at the end. I'm going to pick up eight o'clock service on Wednesday night and complete it. But I was thinking about conveying a thought uh, or a text that would deal with shrinkage uh, rather than growth. But some of us, we wait until the new year to get those new year's resolutions and they always include shrinkage. But I believe God wants us to expand. We've crammed a lot into this year. A lot has been crammed into us and we need to shrink from it. A lot of disappointments have been crammed into us. A lot of setbacks have been crammed into our moment. A lot of depression has been crammed into us and heartache has flooded our gates and anxiety is troubling the mind and uh, a resolution sometimes seems to be appropriate rather than growth and expansion but I hear the Lord just really speaking clearly that we need to minister on growth and expansion and not shrinkage empty yourself cast your cares on him for he cares but we're gonna minister on growth and expansion in the midst of setbacks Amen. Glory to God. And I was talking this morning about God is the kind of God that calls those things which be not as though they were. In other words, you could be broke. You could be full of anxiety and depressed, but that's not what he calls you. He calls you successful. Come on. He calls you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath because God calls those things which be not as though they were. He called Abraham a father of many nations. At the time, the man had no children at all. But he still called him a father of many nations. He called David the man after my own heart. While he was a boy laying in the fields writing love songs unto the Lord. He wasn't even fully developed. But he said, I found a man after my own heart. Because he called those things which be not 
as though they were. And we need to start picking that up, speaking the end result over our circumstance. God is looking for expansion. He's looking for growth. And he's looking for fruit. In other words, he wants us to progress. He wants us to experience increase and development. I said God wants us to experience progress, increase, and development. Say it with me. God wants us to experience progress, increase, and development. Glory to God. Now grow. Now grow. Grow now. We're not going to wait until the new year to grow. Grow now. You can start your growth pattern by shifting your thinking. And now growth is something that we, that was particularly important to the apostle Peter. And he wanted the church to know it before he died. Before he came to his own demise, as Jesus prophesied in John chapter 21, that you one day will go down a road, led down a road that you may not want to go. And John recorded it. He was prophesying of the manner of death that Peter would experience. Why would he let him know that? He also told him before that, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, stop hanging out on the golf course, man, and feed my sheep. If you love me, I need you to study to show yourself approved unto God and feed my sheep. If you really love me, take care of my lambs. Take care of the little ones, the ones that's in the spiritual nursery, the ones that may not have theology. Don't put them up on stage and got them doing this and that. And they don't know what to do, don't know how to work with God, never prayed, never went to a school of prayer, never went through anything to structure theology, don't know who God is, who God's son is, or Holy Spirit, or what redemption is, or what justification is, or what propitiation is, or what at one is. None of those words mean nothing to them. Teach my sheep how to relate to me in my word. And Peter was faithful to do so. So growth is something that was particularly, particularly important to Peter right at the very moment, at the very beginning of his first epistle. He says something in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6. It should be on the screen. In this you greatly rejoice. Should be this on the screen for first Peter one and six in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. If needed be, you have grieved by various trials. And I know there are people under the sound of my voice. It's hard for you to comprehend this in this. You greatly rejoice, though now for a while You've actually grieved, you grieve over the various trials you've been going through. The Bible is saying that you should have an attitude of rejoicing and praising even though you may be going through trials. And it's hard to do that unless you're born again. Who's, who, who's going to tell you to rejoice when you just got fired or you just went through a situation or you got bad news or something happened in your body that you can't explain but the bible says even though the, the various trials are there and you're grieving in your soul sometimes god will hurt the soul to change perspective so greatly rejoice though now for a little while if need be you have been grieved 
by various trials that the genuineness of your faith remember Peter is saying that there's a purpose for the trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold or money or annuities or resources or retirement the purifying the genuineness of your faith is greater than your resource that's why God takes us through trials because he's trying to show you something that he's doing with your faith. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Now notice he says I love gold, right? We love gold, but that gold will perish. Glory to God. Though it is tested by fire, he's saying I got to purify your faith like we purify gold. In other words, the refiner takes gold because gold never comes out, it is never harvested or mined, it never, it's never mined pure. You have to then take it to the fire and the fire gets the impurities out of the gold. And so it is with your faith. I know right now people are talking about first start, fresh starts, but they're not talking about the genuineness of your faith that has to go through a process of trials to purify it. If you want your faith to work well, you got to go through trials, still believe in God, looking unto him, the author and the finisher of your faith. While you're going through, keep your head lifted up. I know sometimes the enemy wants you to hold it down when you get some bad news and your heart is hurting. But Bible says rejoice, hallelujah, with great joy, lifting up your head because he's doing something with your faith while you're going through. Glory to God. Look at this. The scripture says the genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here the faith is trying to take you back to Jesus, trying to take you back to Jesus. He says, I need to purify your faith that when someone calls Jesus name, you won't have impurities in your faith, which will block the knowledge of Christ. But when you go through a few things and you see God bringing you out, when the name of Jesus is cried out around you, it will make you look and pivot. The genuineness of your faith will make you say, whoa, if my faith is pure and they speak of a pure God, I will connect with him better. But if you don't go through nothing, your faith will still have impurities in it. And when the name of Jesus is called or when it's time to praise, you'll recline and rest and say, I'll be glad when it's over because I got some beans on the stove and I got some stuff I need to get to and the game is on because your faith has never gone through anything. But when you start letting God, hey, we went through something this year, work on your faith. Let me tell you something about the refiner. He always puts the, fi the, the, the gold in the fire and he goes back and looks for the impurities to rise from the gold. And he keeps looking. What he's looking for is his own reflection in the gold. He can tell when it's pure because when he looks at it, he'll see his own face in it. God wants to see his face shining when he looks at your faith. God wants to see his face reflected in your faith and he'll keep you in the refiner's fire until he can receive his own face reflected in your faith thank you lord let's go back to the word again this is first peter chapter one we're looking at verse uh, uh part b of verse seven glory to god though it is tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of jesus christ verse eight whom having not who having not seen you love whom 
having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy and ex uh, inex inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. In other words, we may not be perfect, but remember, you're in the finer, refiner's fire, and eventually you will see him, you will be like him, for you will see him as he is, and the fullness of your salvation, the fullness of the salvation of your mind, your will, your intellect, your soul, your emotions, and your imagination will all be purified even through the trials that you go through. Can somebody say amen? Peter is awesome, man, because he's always talking to us about growth. In the first chapter, verse 6 through 9, he's talking about the growth of your faith. In the second chapter of 1 Peter, he talks about listening to the word of God and laying aside certain things. Verse 1 says, therefore laying aside all malice and all deceit or guile and all hypocrisy and all envy as all, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the sincere or the pure milk of the word that look at this that you may grow thereby why is he so much on growing and development and expansion when he's about to die he's trying to set it in the lives of people as you close out a chapter what you should be thinking about how am i going to grow how am i going to expand more what am i what do i need to do to overcome the trials of this era and this time this chapter in my life which is coming to an end what do i need to do to set the course for the future Glory to God, that you may grow thereby, that you may grow thereby, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, verse 3, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So if you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, don't be satisfied with the taste, get the whole roll. Grow in it. So if you sit down, you got a little taste, a little appetizer, okay? You know that God is gracious. You know that God is gracious. Grow in the grace and in the knowledge. You know he's gracious because he saved you. You know he's gracious he didn't kill you. You know he's gracious he brought you out. You know he's gracious he's had you still standing. You know he's gracious he's working in you the wheel of him and to do of his good pleasure. So if you know he's gracious, stop being satisfied with the taste of the Lord. And let's grow in this thing. Let's get the whole roll. Let's eat the whole roll. Let's ingest what God wants. Let his nature and his spirit start working in you. Start thinking his thoughts and seeing life the way he see it. Let him begin to speak those things which be not as though they were. And you echo the same thing. Be God-like as it relates to that. And speak those things which be not as though they were. Grow in it. It's okay to start it. It's okay to get saved and then start coasting. It's okay to be touched by God. But how many want to be chained by the master? It's okay to have a little uh, uh, pimples on your skin when you enter in the church. But how many want to submit to the will of God? It's okay to be sprinkled. But how many of us want to be baptized? Thank you, God. It's okay to have somebody put a cross on your, on your head, a little oil. But how many of you really want to be smeared? It's okay to have the gift, one gift. But how many of you want nine working in you? It's okay to have one house. But what if God wants you to have seven? What if God wants you to start something that no one can stop that's perpetual and you can leave it to the next generation? 
What if God wants you to start a business? I know that you're okay with what you're doing, but what if he wanted to take you into the millionaire status? What if God wanted to do some buster move on you and make you grow and expand to such a degree people from around the nation want to ask you, how did you do what you do? Is it possible? Please, I hope you're not in the foyer while I'm preaching my guts out. I hope you're coming in on the last Sunday to get a word from the Lord. I hope you didn't come here to pass business cards. I hope you came here to get something from the Lord that's going to push you into expansion and development and growth. First Peter chapter two, verse one through three is right there. Lay aside all malice. If you want to grow, you got to lay it aside. You can't think evil of people when they walk in a room. All malice in your mind, all kinked up, always bitter, always saying things you shouldn't say or deceit. You can't walk around in deceit or hypocrisy. Take off the mask. Don't take them off, but take off the mask. And one of the most dangerous things is to be envious of people. They don't even know it. You just got it in your heart like a cancer in your soul. Get rid of it. And all evil speaking. Glory together. My, my, my mother-in-law who went, went on to be with the Lord this year, she used to say, evil communication corrupts good manners. I mean, that was one of her favorite sayings. Evil communication. If you start saying evil things, it will corrupt good manners. Your behavior will change. But guess what? If you speak positively, you speak the word of God, your manners will change as well. Glory to God. That tongue is a world of iniquity. James chapter 3. A world of iniquity. It even strikes the fire. Or the fire that comes through the tongue actually pulls the fire from hell. Your tongue is the closest member of your body to hellfire. It can take hellfire out of hell and put it in your present circumstance. Just by speaking the wrong thing. It's a world of iniquity. Uh, uh, James goes on to say a horse is kind of directed by the bit that's in his mouth. And a ship is directed by a small rudder. And so in the members of your body is your tongue. You can redirect your life if you will speak the word of God. Lay aside evil speaking and start speaking pure things. Things that are honest. Things that are of a good report. And let God shape your world when he shapes your words. Then Isaiah chapter 53, I'm sorry, chapter 52, another Old Testament passage. God is always about growth. So Isaiah chapter uh, 55 and verse 12 is on the screen. For you shall go out with joy. Well, Bishop, I don't feel like it. Listen, you're going to close this year with joy. Go ahead and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. I know it's been rough. Mary and I know it's been rough, but we're going out with joy. We're going to close this year out with a praise on our lips. We're going to give God glory for the things that went right. Believe me, a thousand things went right for you to get to church this morning. Whew, can we think on those things? If you give him the praise, he'll take care of the matters that's on your heart. Can somebody say amen? You shall go out with joy. Look at this and let out with peace. Who's leading you? That's right. Peace needs to lead you. Notice you're, you're, the Bible says you're going to go out with joy. But you're let out. Let out. Let out. Directed. Peace has to direct you. Lead you out. You're blind to it. But let peace lead you out or grab you by the hand and pull you into the new year. 
Come on, I decree and declare that the, the Prince of Peace has grabbed you by the hand and he's pulling you through this, this narrow tunnel and there's a birth that's coming forth in the name of the Lord, a new birth, not of salvation, but a new mentality, glory to God, and peace will guard your life. You're not going to worry about what the, you can't change. You're going to give God the praise and trust him to handle the things that you can't. Can somebody say amen? Come on, lay it down on the altar. I'm laying down my sorrow. I'm laying down my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord and the peace that guards my heart. I know you've been worrying and you're full of anxiety, but today peace is going to lead you out. Peace is going to pull you out. Depression can't hold you because peace is pulling you out. Come on, let's give God a praise and bust a move up in here. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Y'all gonna make me act a fool up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me go all out. Come on, let's give God a praise. Y'all gonna make me go all out. Come on, we're coming out with joy. We're going to be let out with peace. Not with anxiety, not with sorrow. But with peace. Now, I shouldn't have to preach that out of you. Let's praise it out. Let's send a praise into the new year. Come on, Lord, I thank you for taking care of my year. I thank you for doing what I couldn't do. I thank you for resolving it all. Ooh, Jesus. If you go out with joy and be led out with peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. Your environment will welcome your praise. You want your situation to change? You got to go out with joy. You got to be led out with peace. And then the mountains, those, those monumental things that are blocking your way and the hills in your life that's hard to, tr to climb shall break forth and sing. The mountain, the issue that's your greatest obstacle will start singing praise to God too. I'm trying to preach to somebody that's going through some stuff that you haven't been able to see beyond. God says if you go out with joy and if you let out with peace, the mountains will break forth into sea. If you speak to that mountain, it shall be dissolved. And if you praise God, the mountain itself will sing. Glory to God and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Come on, give me a hand clap. Clap, 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 clap your hands. Come on, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show. I don't see no faces smiling. I said if you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show. And clap your hands. Ah, thank you, God. The trees clap. The trees clap. And you shall be like one. Not just planted, but clapping. The trees clap. 
Trees of the field shall clap their hands. Watch this. Instead of the thorn, which is a curse, shall come up the cypress. Instead of the curse in your house, instead of the curse in your yard, instead of the curse in your family, the cypress is going to start coming out of the soil. Instead of the thorn will come up the cypress. Notice the cypress is evergreen. That's what it's known for. Evergreen, no matter what season you're in, it always stays green. I don't know, man. I'm about to preach myself happy. God says you're going to stay green no matter what happens. This is why I'm going, taking you out. You will go out with joy and let out with peace because I'm about to change your terrain. I'm about to change your environment. I'm about to change your mentality. All you see is thorns and all you're doing is grieving and going over things, but I'm trying to change your environment, have you to clap your hands. Even the mountain will clap its hand. Even the obstacle will clap its hand. And I'm going to give you the cypress and not the thorn. The evergreen. Glory to God. And instead of the briar, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Here's another, another evergreen. Come on, touch it. I don't want you to touch it. Just wave at him and say double for your trouble. Glory to God. I know you went through hell in 2021, but we're going into 2022. Two twos. Glory to God. Double for your trouble. Expect God to do double. Hallelujah. Expect God to open up doors like, like never before. Expect God to expand your life. Expect God to cause you to grow. I don't know who I'm preaching to. But you've been holding on to sorrow a little bit too long. But God is saying, if you just give me a chance, if you give me a chance to lead you with peace, I'll make the mountains clap their hands. And even the briar shall become a myrtle tree. Ah. It shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off let me tell you I see a big scissor the enemy is holding big scissors trying to cut off your genealogy but I cancel it in the name of the Lord Jesus your genealogy will not be cut off and the plans that God has for your life will never come to an end I decree yay and amen over your life it's a perpetual yes Come on, let your soul say yes. Because God is speaking a yes over you and over your resources and over your children and over the things, hallelujah, that the devil tried to steal. God say yes. And if God say yes, let God be true and every man a liar. Glory to God. We're coming through this year. We're coming through this year with joy and we're led out with peace and our mountains and hills will clap their hands and instead of the thorn will come up the cypress and instead of the briar will come up the myrtle and it shall be in the to, uh, be to the Lord for his name. It's all for his name's sake. Can somebody say amen? Now I need to teach so you can get this. There are three elements 
of spiritual growth that God wants you to know. Three elements to spiritual growth and expansion. Peter talks about growing in the grace and in the knowledge. But there are three elements that you need to get. And you need to hold on to these three elements if you're going to really expand and move beyond just inspiration to revelation and, and to be sustained in the revelation. In other words, we're not just going to go to the new year and just shout, but we're going to be sustained through the new year through the revelation that we grasp. And these three elements of spiritual growth and expansion are important. Number one, are you ready for it? Ask me to give it to you. The first one is called the environment. The first element to spiritual growth and expansion is the environment. So ask yourself, what kind of climate or atmosphere have I created? What kind of climate or atmosphere have I created? When we look at the plant world, if you want to see growth, very simple, in the plant world, we just talked about the cypress and the myrtle. We talked about hills and mountains clapping their hands. If you want to see the plant, if you want to look at the plant world and you want to deal with the environment, the climate or the atmosphere, you got to look close at the plant world. There are four things that are always in place if you're going to see plants grow. Number one, you need seed. All right? You need seed. I preached about it a few weeks ago. This is, it has its own DNA. Man, the seed is so powerful that it has the ability to live a hundred years from now, never knew. It's granddaddy, great granddaddy. The seed is walking in the earth, don't even know how it's tied to previous generations. Because that seed has in it the DNA to function in the earth. In it, the height, the length, the width, and all of that is tied to the seed. That's why you can't let your children go and act like they're the first one going through a trial. You must let them know you're tied to me. You're tied to me. You're tied to me. My DNA is flowing through you. My experiences. And if you think you can cut me off, you messed up because I'm probably the salvation to your life. And I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Seed is so important. Not just words and not just uh, a DNA, but words are seed. That's why I told you evil communication will corrupt good manners. But if you speak the right word, the word has the DNA in it to explode into a harvest. Seed is so important in the plant world. You need it. Don't eat it all up. You got to plant some. I ain't getting no help with that. You look at the stock market growing by leaps and bounds. If you don't have nothing in it, you just going to look at it. But if you got something there, you clapping your hands. I wish we took $20,000 and put it in Amazon in 1995. Because if we did. Church will probably say, what are they doing? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on? But if we did, if we had a little bit of vision and a little bit of courage, we wouldn't have to worry about money at all. 
if you put $20,000 in Amazon in 1995 because the seed is important. This is not even biblical stuff. We're just talking about what will happen in our world with seed. The best time to sow a seed is in 1995. And the second best time is right now. The second thing in the plant world, if you're going to see growth and expansion, if you got to check the, check the environment, you need to have rich soil. Rich soil, not a depleted soil. It got to have some fertilizer in it. And that's why God told these people, I said, every 50 years, you got to let the land rest. Actually, every seven years, every seven years, the land had to rest to renew itself. Glory to God. That's why the Sabbath is so important, not the Sabbath day, because the day is a person now. The Sabbath day is a person called Jesus. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath. The Hebrew writer said the Jews tried to experience the sabbath but they missed it because they didn't mix the word with faith and they didn't see jesus so you can look at a day all day and miss the day or the purpose of the sabbath which is christ jesus our lord people are still talking about i can't do this on the sabbath can't do that. they don't understand that jesus is the sabbath day now, I'm giving revelation right now. And if you got the law first truth, you would say, well, that's not what I heard when I was 18, 14, 15 from the church I was in and won't even investigate it. Because the law first truth will lock you down and say, I'm, I don't believe that because my teachers taught me that. And I'm giving you the revelation of who Jesus is. Is there anything greater than Jesus? There is nothing in the scriptures that's greater than Jesus. God manifested in the flesh. But you can't praise him because you can't see him as the day. And even if you obey Sabbath teaching, there are 400 others like you're not supposed to mix wool and cotton. How many of us mix our cotton and our wool today? I'm preaching better than you saying amen. And if you really want to follow the law of Moses, you could never eat lobster or shrimp. Glory to God, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. So since you want to go by the law, you got to eat the whole roll. Because if you are condemned in one, you're guilty of them all. The law was never intended to bring you righteousness. It's, the, it's there to make you cry out to God. How do I come to you? I need a savior. And then I'm able to introduce Jesus to you. So you need rich soil. Even in your mind you need a rich soil. You got to cultivate the soil. You got to get some stuff out. That's why praise is so important. Never come to church late. Because you got to get the praise up to God. What helps to cultivate the soil of your heart and your mind. So when the word is preached, I don't have to preach hard. I could just start whispering the word of God to you. Because the soil is right. Soil say, oh yeah, but the environment is so good. It's so ready for the seed. Things happen. The fourth thing is water. You need water. The third thing is water. Thank you very much. The third thing is water. Remember, you need seed, 
You also need rich soil, but you got to moisten the, moisten the soil with water. And you got to keep it watered. Glory to God. How do you water the seed? Well, every day you bring the word back. You meditate on it day and night. Make your way prosperous. Have a good success. And then the fourth thing is, is light. You can't keep the seed in darkness forever. You got to shine light. You got to shine light on the dirt before it comes up because what happens with the light the light has a way of evaporating evaporating the moisture a little bit and what happens is during the night season and the moisture the sea swells at night the sea swells like some of you in your night seasons you swell up get an attitude right the sea swells during the night season when the sun comes, it takes the moisture out of the soul and then it causes, the heat causes it to contract. So you go through the seasons, day and night, and what happens, light comes, it's hitting the ground, causing the moisture to contract, and what happens is the seed is going through this. Duh, mm, duh, mm, sound like a beat, right? Mm, ah, ah, mm, ah, ah, mm. Eventually, if it keeps going through it, the, the actual shell of the seed will crack and now you see new growth coming out. That's why God takes you through hot and he takes you through the contraction that you go through the night season. Sometimes people won't speak to you and then sometimes they will. And sometimes an attitude comes and sometimes it goes. But if you just learn how to give him praise and go out with joy and let him lead you out with peace. God has a way through those moments, night seasons and the day. And he works on you mm, mm, ah, mm, mm, ah, until it cracks. Mm, mm, ah. And here comes something new that no one has ever seen before, pushing through the soil. Ah! Ah! Until it breaks forth, hallelujah, and begins to show the world what God was doing underneath the soil. Can somebody say amen? You need those four elements if you're going to have the right environment. Thank you, God. It's called engagement. Engagement. Please write it down. Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Engagement. And in the multitude of the variety of questions, learning will increase. Knowledge and wisdom are accelerated and expedited. I'm giving some moms here. Listen to me. It's called engagement. This is the first element of growth and expansion. Check the environment. The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Not you counseling yourself. But getting into an environment where there's a multitude of people, not everybody having the same voice, but there is a community of believers that commune around the word of God and you don't break that covenant for nobody. Because it's so important, it is a lifeline into your growth and development. Just like a baby in the mother's womb may be suspended in a liquid, locked in darkness, 
attached to her by a lifeline where there, in which the babe or the, in, uh, the infant is nourished, glory to God. After a while, the baby is propelled through a dark and narrow tunnel. But if the baby is going to stay alive, it must stay connected to that lifeline. And you got to stay connected to the community of believers. You got all your little chat rooms, all the people you like, all the stuff you do. But when was the last time you prayed with somebody? Or looked at the word and begin to draw from the word of God. All believers need to do the same thing. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to eat spiritual food. If you want to grow intellectually, you have to read something. If you want to grow socially, you have to eat social food or emotionally. So you got to understand, if you want to grow spiritually, you cannot neglect spiritual food. Thank you, Lord. You must eat and dine. Stay in the community of believers. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And in the multitude of questions. It is those who have questions over and over and over and over again that God said, wow, that one wants to engage. If you feel like you already know, you don't have a discover in you, an endeavor on the inside of you that's pushing you to discovery. Questions that come into your mind about God, about how he works, about his word, questions. And if you're really hungry for God, you'll have more questions. Thank you, Lord God, because it is in the variety of questions that learning will increase. No questions, no hunger, no parched ground will become pool, no thirsty land springs of water. The eager and the parched will be satisfied. That is in the multitude of questions. Learning increases and knowledge and wisdom are accelerated, even expedited. Knowledge and wisdom are accelerated when you ask many questions and expedited. In other words, someone can get saved today and in a year surpass you spiritually and you've been here for years if they have many questions. Sometimes we get upset, questions, that, and why are they asking me that? They should know themselves. But God loves questions. God, why did you make me this way? Why, why, did, why did my sister die but I'm still alive? What do you have for me? Tell me your mind. Why did you say it this way in scripture? The more questions you have, you will expedite wisdom. Glory to God. You will expedite learning. You will step into a whole other zone. Engagement. Number two. There's three of them. The second one is the word we call feedback. Feedback. A lot of people don't like this word that starts with an F, but this is the word you need to hear. Feedback. It is unpopular in Christian circles. People don't like feedback. <laughs> in time past, feedback has only flowed, <laughs> only flowed from leaders to followers. In other words, the pastor gives you feedback and you be quiet. We're living in a different season now. Glory to God. In time past, the mentor gives the protege feedback. But we're living in a different time now. Feedback 
is supposed to be more complicated than that. Then one person always giving instruction and everybody else sitting quiet. We got to have think tanks now. We got to have what we call le uh, visionary leadership. We got to have a time in which we cast vision. And the leader sits with a group of people that share their hearts. Amen. Glory to God. We got to have a time now where if the husband always does the talking and the wife is supposed to be subservient, I don't know what that means today, wearing this no shoes and barefoot and pregnant and not supposed to say anything, then the husband is always speaking because you're supposed to submit. You're supposed to submit now. You see, that's what the Bible says is submit. You're going to miss God. Because what God is doing now, he's not even, uh, he's not just limiting the knowledge to a man. He's giving it to females as well. And we have to be able to sit down and hear what the spirit is saying to mama as well as daughter and son sometimes. And then give them feedback and have dialogue. Glory to God. Now you better be respectful. You can't hear. Listen, you got to be respectful if you're talking to me because that's demanded. Honor thy father and thy mother. And you should do that spiritually. But you need to understand that feedback is more complicated than one sided. I dictate how things go because I'm the leader. No, we're living in a different season now. So feedback is more complicated than that. I got this. Listen, it is multi layered. Please write that down. It is multi-layered. It goes from leader to student. It goes from student to teacher. It goes from leader to teacher and from teacher to leader. Notice, I didn't say from teacher to student only, but leader to teachers because every teacher needs a leader as well. In the school system, every teacher has a principal. So I don't know why her teacher would say I don't need a leader in the church. I don't know why. Even in the school system, there's a principal. May never teach a class at all, but you got to deal with them. It's the same way in the church. Leaders and teachers have to have feedback. In other words, if you're teaching a class here, your teaching isn't done if you did it. You got to also communicate up. Give me feedback on what's going on with students and the classes glory to God we must communicate we have three tiers here leaders then leaders of leaders and then leaders of teams there should be dialogue this is more complex than you've ever seen and multi-layered and we should always have feedback one with another so the leader will have leader, uh, feedback from those who are leaders of leaders. And then the leaders of leaders need to have feedback from the leaders of teams. And those that are teaching, leader, that, that are leading teams need to talk to the ones they're leading to find out just how efficient and effective we are. That's where we're going. This is one of the elements. Feedback is so, it's missed because people don't want to talk. They, they just, they just want to complain. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like decisions. I don't like this. And okay, let's sit in an open forum and let's challenge what you just said. Ah, you don't get your way. You throw your hands up. Feedback don't mean everybody agrees with you. It does mean that you have a voice and you're able to communicate. But you may find out when you when there's feedback, ain't nobody listening to you because it don't make sense. 
You got an attitude when you share. And once you do that, people kick out the value of what you say. If you come across angry and feedback, they'll never listen to you. They'll turn you off. Y'all still here? Okay. And the last one is, this is powerful. Somebody blew the horn? <laughs> Why are they out in the car? Should be in the church. Should be in the church. Who's out in their car? <laughs> so we have the environment or engagement. Number two, feedback. Here's number three. The growth mindset. Say the growth mindset. The growth mindset is not just about effort and you going to class or sitting under the word. The growth mindset is how we, the people of God, we, the people of God, approach situations, how we approach situations, and while going through the progress in a situation, we're actually learning during the process. It's not that we go through it and we learn after it's over, but you're learning on the job. You're learning while going through the trial. You're learning while going through the issue. You're learning while being stretched and you're making adjustments. That's the growth mindset. I'm not going to wait until the situation is over before I learn from it. But I'm making mental note every time something shifts in the process. And I'm going to adopt what I'm learning while in the process so I can grow. I'm not going to wait until a new year to start that. I start that now. That's the growth mindset. Is that God's people approach situations and while in it, while in the process... You're actually learning while going through it. The word comes, you adopt it now. You put it into practice now. Begin to let the word be made flesh unto you. Flesh it out. And then watch God work it out in your life because you're learning while going through. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is, I believe he gave it to me, so listen to me. God says, if you get these three elements in your life, you're going to begin to see growth and expansion expedited dramatically in your life. Engage. Make sure the environment is right. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of questions, learning is expedited. It increases. Knowledge and wisdom increases, accelerates. It's expedited dramatically. And then feedback is <laughs> not just one-sided. It is when we can sit down with each other. Leader to teacher, teacher to leader, student to leader, student to teacher, and then teacher to student and get some feedback. And as that happens, you develop a certain culture to honor each other. Remember, in feedback, you never lose respect for authority. You might as well throw it off. If you start throwing next, we're throwing out. We're throwing out. Your feedback don't mean anything. 
because you have not worked with the process properly. And then the growth mindset is, while going through it, I'm learning in it, not once I'm completed. It's completed. I'm learning while I go through and making adjustments. Glory to God. And Peter said in 2 Peter 3 and 18, we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. First he says grow in grace, then in the knowledge. I want to flip it. Let's grow in knowledge. Let's grow in knowledge. What kind of knowledge is Peter talking about? Is he talking about objective knowledge or subjective knowledge? Objective knowledge, the word objective knowledge would be um, factual things. Factual things. And then subjective knowledge is personal things. This is good theological theology for you all. If you have subject, uh, if you have objective knowledge, you want the facts about Jesus. If you have subjective knowledge, you want to know the, the person himself. Subjective. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, was Peter talking about objective or subjective? I believe he was talking about both. That you want objective knowledge or the facts about Jesus and his word and then secondly subjective knowledge which is the person of the Lord God wants you to eat the whole roll and not just say well I know scriptures and quote off scriptures like you already know God because you know scriptures you can know objective knowledge or facts about God and totally miss his person totally miss what he meant because you don't even know his ways. That God wants us to smile. He don't want you to have joy and endure church. He wants you to be happy when you come. I said if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, your face will show it. Subjective. Well, I clap my hand. That's a fact. Objective, but subjective. I clap my hands because I know it pleases him. I don't just come to church and do my duties. That's the fact about God. He wants us to assemble. And as often as you do, you gain strength. Subjective. But he loves me and he wants to spend time with me. He wants to endue me with power for my next week. Objective with parents. Wow, you need to know this about my past. You need to know that about me and how I came up. But subjective, I wanted you to know that so you would know my heart and stop trying to cut off lineage and act like you don't you didn't come from me because I really love you and I want you to have the best. Thank you, Lord. Peter said, I want you to have the knowledge of the Lord. Glory to God. I think he, he wants you to have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Glory to God. The knowledge of Christ. We'll give, we're growing in the knowledge of Christ every day. And the more you grow in the knowledge of Christ. In the theology of objective and subjective knowledge of Christ. Factual and personal. Glory to God. You will, do, you will, you will, you will understand. It's not just theology. But it's spending time. Glory to God. It's not just reading about him versus meeting the author. If somebody gave you a book and you had an opportunity to spend four hours with the author 
of the book, which one would you choose? You want to choose the person who wrote it, not just their words. Because you're going to pick up things about the author and the finisher of your faith that you would never get by just reading. Thank you, Lord. Here's the last point. Knowing him as Alpha and Omega is inferior to meeting him. Knowing the facts about that he's Alpha and Omega is inferior to meeting him on the road to Emmaus and him walking with you into the village. And when he broke the bread, you realize it was him. He vanishes away. There, that experience, that experience with Jesus walking on that path to Emmaus. You can read all day, but there's something they picked up about him that can never be taken from them. Thank you, Lord. And after you get the knowledge, you can grow in the grace. You will grow in the grace according to the knowledge of objective and subjective facts and personal knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Grow in the grace. When Peter says grow in the grace, he's saying grow in the knowledge of our Lord. And if you grow in the knowledge of our Lord, you'll grow eventually in the grace of our Lord. That he's administered to you every day, but you are unaware once you start seeing that he showed you grace here and he showed you grace there and he showed you grace here and he showed you grace there and he continues to do it and that goodness and mercy is following you all 2021. Even in the hard times, he didn't leave you comfortless. You'll understand grace when you grow in the knowledge of him. When you grow in the knowledge of him, you'll grow in the grace. Grow. Yes, in the knowledge, but also grow in the understanding of his grace and the implications of the grace in your life. Grow in the knowledge, but then grow in the knowledge of his grace and the understanding of his grace and the implications of him administering that grace in your life. Because you're not just learning facts about him, you're learning his heart. So say within yourself, I want to grow in my appreciation of his grace. I want to grow in my appreciation. Because some of us, we just think it's greasy grace. We don't know the value of the grace. Man, when you know his person... And how he works with you, how he keeps you alive, just to commune with him. And how when you pray and worship, how he, he leaves heaven's host. He leaves heaven's host just to commune with us. Why would he leave the angelic to come to us when we're out of tune? He wants to spend time with the ones that he made in his image. And after his likeness, the ones that he shaped while in the mother's womb, the ones that he said they're fearfully and wonderfully made, the ones that he could tell our pains and he knows our sorrows, 
Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our. When you understand it. That he was wounded for your pain. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised. Not for them, but for our, for mine. Things change about your relationship when you know a person's heart. Everything changes when you strip back all of the stuff and you know a person's heart. Things change. For salvation by the Holy Spirit, who is called the Spirit of Grace, it is the Spirit of God. He is the one who binds us and bonds us to Jesus. So when you start learning the knowledge of him and appreciating the grace, you'll start seeing how the Holy Spirit is knitting your heart with Jesus every time you read the word. Because he binds and bonds. In other words, he connects you, he binds you to Jesus, and then he bonds you where there is no sin. You become one. As Jesus prayed in John 17, make them one as we are one. That's a bonding. Not somebody with a chain and ball around your ankle. But you're bonded. You don't want to leave him because you're bonded. You don't want to go astray because you're bonded. And your destiny is now set in your agenda. Thank you, Lord. Father, I give you praise and glory for this word. And I thank you. For the download on the last Sunday of this month for our church. That we all need to engage more and then we all need feedback. And we need the growth mindset to be a part of our lives. In the multitude of questions, knowledge increases. And feedback is more complicated and complex than just one dimensional leader to, to, to student or to followers. But thank you, Father, that the feedback will be multi-layered. And then, Father, thank you for the growth mindset that while we're going through the process, we're learning. We're learning about you and your grace. And that Holy Spirit is bonding and binding us together with God's agenda for our lives. And destiny is now shaping that. As we close out this year, go before us. Secure us and go before us. And we will give you the glory and the praise and the honor for the connectedness that only could come by the Holy Spirit. I believe great things are coming. 
Because I'm expecting great things. Hallelujah. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Great things. Can you sing that with me? I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Take it up. I'm expecting great things. Hallelujah. Great things. Say it again. I'm, I'm expecting great things. Thank you, honey. I'm, I'm expecting great things. Great things, great things. Oh, lift your voice and declare it. I'm expecting great things. Yes, I am. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. Great things. Lift your voice and declare and say, I'm expecting great things. Oh, yes, I am. I'm expecting great things. Oh, I'm expecting great things. Great things. In my Sing it again in my life. Yes, God. I choose to believe in great things. Oh, lift your voice and declare and say, I'm expecting great things. Oh, yes, I am. I'm expecting great things. voice and declare and say I Oh, yes, 
those hands in my life you clap those hands and give him the praise he's worthy of it in my home in my home Ooh, you're doing great things you do great singers thank you so much for helping that i heard that in my spirit that's it Choose to believe, eyes haven't seen, 
we choose to believe in great things. You do great things in my home. You do great things. haven't seen ears haven't heard neither has it entered the hearts of men a good thing that God has in store for them that love him but he has revealed it unto us by his spirit yes Lord very simple those notes bing, bing, bing. that's it very simple let it ring in your soul Thank you, Lord. As we get ready for our offering, they're going to continue to play that. The music is going to play right there. The horn will flow as well. Glory to God. Let's get ready to sow our seed. God bless you. Thank you for sowing. Go to the website, truthrevealed.org, and uh, sow your seed. Also, download the church app, Truth Revealed Church app. You can sow there as well. God bless you. Thank you for participating and being a part. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.